day, everyone. My name is George Farrell. I'm with Black Pack, B-L-A-K-P-A-C. I uh, hope you're all having a good day. The- Let your legacy begin today. Drink Mongoose Water. Mongoose Water gets his name from legendary light heavyweight champion Archie Moore. He was called the Mongoose because of his agility and stamina. Do you have trouble staying hydrated and energized during your workouts? Does it always seem like you're thirsty? Try Mongoose Water. It is refreshing and rejuvenating. It has an alkaline level of 8.5 to 9.5. Train like the best, drink the best. Mongoose Water, coming soon to a store near you. Go to www.mongoosewater.com. That's www.mongoosewater.com. Events of the last few days have shocked all of us. And we need to come together as a country, Black, Latin, Asians, whites, uh, Puerto Ricans, everybody, so that we can keep this country together. Uh, I am a native Washingtonian from Washington, D.C. I served as a Metropolitan Police Officer. And uh, I am shocked at the lack of security and preparation of the Capitol Hill Police. It's, It's just unheard of that they were unprepared. And I don't know if that's uh, everybody was still on Christmas vacation or New Year's vacation or hungover. I'm not sure what's going on with that police department, but it needs to actually be everyone needs to be fired from the uh, from the um, leadership level. The chief has already stepped down, uh, but the lieutenants, the captains and the sergeants should all be fired. Someone did not go up the proper chain of command and secure one of our most revered institutions. And that's unacceptable in any country, not just the United States. It's unacceptable in any country to be that unprepared for a demonstration in a breach of security and putting 535 members of Congress and their staff in danger because you didn't know what would happen after those people got in the building. Let me explain this because I'm a former police officer. I can explain this a little bit. There are two police stations, Metropolitan Police Stations, that cover Capitol Hill. One is called 1D. The other one is called 1D1, which only handles Capitol Hill. And at their disposal are every crowd control device you can imagine. Actually, they use fire trucks as crowd control because the fire truck can fire their water cannings and push crowds back. The fact that there was not a fire truck on the scene to handle this crowd amazes me, just amazes me that they would allow that many people to be that close to the Capitol uh, in the office buildings where Congress resides. Two fire trucks could have handled that crowd and pushed them back. The fact that they're not there amazes me. The fact that the Metropolitan Police Department was not on the scene amazes me. And the fact that the Capitol Hill police were so unprepared is just unacceptable. Uh, you've put so many people at risk. You put 535 Congress people at risk, the senators in their staffs and the staffs were hiding under their desks. Nancy Pelosi's laptop was stolen from the chief on down to every, every leadership position to sergeant should be fired. It is unacceptable. I'm not sure who they were hiring, but you have, we have the best military police in the country at every base surrounding Washington. You have Andrews Air Force Base, where the president helicopter takes off. You have bases in Virginia. You have bases in Maryland surrounding Washington, D.C. 
the fact that we were not coordinated and ready for this attack, and this was an attack on liberty, an attack on justice, an attack on America. I cannot make excuses for these people knowing that they had no right to go into that building. I, other people want to make excuses and call them patriots. They weren't patriots. They're rioters. The Smithsonian has better security uh, right. for their artifacts, just for artifacts. And I want to apologize um, for the people who felt who felt that their lives were in danger, because you probably felt if you worked in that building that your life was in danger. You didn't know what was going on. There was no communication. Yeah. Imagine being in your home and someone storming your home in the fear that would go through your mind. Uh, the whole the whole situation is unacceptable. Um, I am. I, I and I I want to apologize and I wasn't even there. So I'll, I'll start with that. And uh, we 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 need to secure our 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 government employees better. I mean, I, I, I know that a lot of people think government employees are worthless and all that. But uh, these people work hard every day. Um, they've been under a lot of stress working through a pandemic, wearing masks. Uh, there's a lot of tension. And I want to apologize and send prayers out to all these people who felt that their lives may have been in danger by an encroachment on our U.S. Capitol. And it's not like a, I guess you could say it's a it's a symptom or a sign of the times what things have culminated to. And what you're saying is we have to come together because we are the same. We're on the same side. We're one country. Yeah. Um, and so how do we. Well, first of all, how do you what do you think? How do you think we got to this point and where do you think we go? Well, we, we got to this point um, because maybe we did have a rigged election, but there's a better way to handle it. Uh, I, I have not seen the evidence of a rigged election. Uh, there's been court after court that have thrown it out. Uh, people have asked for proof. Uh, of dead voters and a list of names. They haven't been provided a list of names of these dead voters, or these voters that weren't eligible to vote, and which is why the courts keep throwing it out. You, 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 it's like alleging someone stole a candy bar and say, well, show me the candy bar they stole. And you don't show the candy bar. Right. You, right. you got to have some real solid proof. And the courts have been throwing this out. I want to bring this up to people. The courts are throwing this out because they're asking the same thing. If someone stole something, show me what they stole and show me where it is. Um, if, if someone stole a car, you know, where's the car they stole? Well, the car they stole is over there and the ignition is broken <laughs> and, and you can prove and they have their fingerprints on it. Right. We need we need the same type of evidence to prove that this election was stolen. And unfortunately, the, the, the people making the action, accusations have not shown the fingerprints. Um, so people are believing something without evidence. Yes. Uh, so, and that's, that's been the main problem. You, you say these votes were stolen, show me the evidence uh, on the computers or show me the names of the people you say that have voted that were not eligible to vote. You, right. and, and that's what's, what's missing. And you're saying, well, we need signature verification. Well, signature verification is for the future. In the past, you just accused people of stealing votes. Show me the names. And several people have asked for the, the list of names of people that you say voted that, that are dead or 
uneligible for some other reason, and you haven't provided that list of names of dead people that you said voted. And that's why the courts keep throwing this out. And I'm following this as close as anyone. The, here's, the, here's the real reason the president lost. And, and this is unprecedented. <laughs> Look, <laughs> not to make light of this, but Bill Clinton had oral sex in the White House and got reelected. Okay? <laughs> that's amazing to me. To have a president, a sitting president, not be elected because his party, the, Re the Republican National Party Committee, the GOP, failed to do a good job. They failed to have inclusion of Blacks, Latin, and Asians in their party. That's why the president lost. It's, it's, that, it's that simple. You go through the voting list and you don't have any Blacks that voted for him or any Republicans or Asians or Latins, not enough. That's why you lost. Why did you lose? Because the party that you're in ran by Mitt Romney's niece, uh, Ronna Romney, did a bad job for you. They did not do a get out the vote job properly. You lost because your party failed you. Don't blame it on <laughs> stolen votes. Blame it on your party. Blame it on your team. Your team failed to, to help you. Let's look at this as a, a basketball team. You're I don't want to bring down LeBron. I'm sure he don't like this. You're LeBron James and nobody's passing you the ball. You're LeBron James and nobody can dribble. That's what happened to your team, Mr. President. Your team was a gross failure. You need to look at the Republican National Committee, the leadership in that committee, and whether you have good teammates. You have horrible teammates. You, that's what failed you. Uh, look, at, look at your Republican National Committee. You need to fire them. You, you need to get rid of them. You need to clean house. Uh, but it's too late for you now. What you can do now is gracefully exit the building for a peaceful transition of, part, of power and make sure your people who are there coordinate with the Biden administration. You may not like their policies, but it's your duty as president to make sure that there's a peaceful transition of, part, of power to make sure your people don't tear up notes in <laughs> meetings, transcripts, and that you do it with dignity and with pride. You, you do it with dignity. You know, you hold up our institutions, you hold up our country, and you say, I'm out, you're in, come in, I'm going to open the door to you, I'm going to welcome you, uh, like a grown-up, not like a child, I'm going to open this, I'm going to work with you as an adult, I'm going to be an adult, and I'm going to let you in, take over, I don't agree with your policies, but we're going to work together. That's where it will start. When people will follow the president with dignity and he lets Biden in with dignity without the name calling, then we can start to heal this country. Something that you always talked about. And as far as the, the inclusion part of it, and I think that is something that is evident going forward for any politician or any campaign mm -hmm. and any organization to recognize that you're going to have to deal with us. You're going to have to mm -hmm. include us and it shouldn't be this battle that oh. to do this. We shouldn't, you shouldn't have to demand. It should be a, it should be a no brainer. Well, let me make this clear for on the Republican side, not a Democrat on the Republican side, going forward, going forward from Georgia, the losses in Georgia, Stacey Abrams has a game plan. She's going to spread that game plan to Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, and Florida. 
The Democrats don't have a game plan with inclusion or candidates. They have to start from scratch. They, they don't have a plan right now. Um, if, if they don't come up with a plan with Mr. Trump or whoever, the Democrats have a plan. The Republicans don't have a plan. They don't have a plan going forward. They don't have leadership. Uh, they just lost in Georgia. They don't know what they're going to do. They have to start from scratch. The Republican Party has to start from scratch in North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Louisiana, Tennessee, and Florida. They have to start from scratch with leadership on down. The Democrats have a great plan. <laughs> they have a great plan. If you're a Democrat and you, and you are pro-abortion and you don't believe in school choice, they have a plan for you. Their plan may not benefit you, but they have a plan that they're going to get you out to the polls. The Republicans have no idea how to get the people out to the polls. They've actually suppressed uh, their voters by saying that the system doesn't work for them. So now you have people who won't vote. You're going to have to really work hard to get them to vote because you told them don't trust the system. So we, we, they have uh, a, lot to do, a lot of work to do on the Republican side. I think the Democrats have it together. It's going to be harder for Republicans to win in the South. Well, uh, it's something that I was thinking about is uh, how do you, because I, it, it really seems like the dilemma that plays out is they seem to be trying to figure out how do you, how do you keep your foundation or your base and expand when they, it's almost as if they see the two as mutually exclusive, meaning you can't have the base and expand at the same time, which as we know, I mean, that's not true, but it seems that's how the the organization operates. Is that, I mean, do you get that impression? They they have a base, they need expansion. The problem is they don't know how to do expansion. The, the people they need to expand to, they don't know how to communicate with. The, uh, they don't know how to communicate with, with Latins or Asians or African-Americans or any other people who are not, I would say, good old boys. So they don't they don't know how to communicate outside good old boys. It's an issues thing. Uh, are the, the way that Black Pack communicates, the Black Packs communicate on issues. We talk about school choice. We talk about don't you want your child to have a good education, especially with this COVID going on. We talk about pro-life. We support pro-life issues, but we don't shove it down people's throat. These are the things that that win voters. We talk about opportunity for business. How do we expand opportunities for business in low-income areas? How do we get loans out? How do we use the SBA to help people get a start in business who want to start a business, no matter how small that business may be? That may be an online business. It doesn't have to be in an office building. You could sell uh, designer shirts or shoes online. You could, you could be in a music business and be pushing your, 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 your music online and selling it online through all the online platforms. That's a business. You know, Master P and all these other guys started selling music out of their trunk when there were still <laughs> tapes and CDs. Now you don't sell tapes and CDs. Now you sell it online where people can buy your, your music. These are businesses that we are successful at, that sometimes we need a little bit of help and a little bit of guidance. Um, and, and that's where you can win people over. Are we going to provide more assistance for businesses in low-income areas, especially with COVID, where you can't even do business face-to-face -face anymore. Uh, how do you transfer your rest? How do you transform your restaurant business into a delivery-only business? 
your business now may be delivery only. And that could be a great business if you're starting out of your house and you're making uh, bakery products and you're doing delivery only. That could be a growth business. You can grow from one location to another. We've got to think outside the box to help people restart their businesses and restart their lives in the age of COVID. And that's something that the Republican Party uh, in Black Pack can help do. We're working on those things because we're looking at how do we restart the small businesses in our communities. And so what you're talking about is uh, quintessentially what politics was originally. That's what it was. You were supposed to do. Like you said, one of politics 101 is how do you impact your community and provide resources from them? That's what your representative and yeah. as a representative, you're supposed to go out and get those things. Um, so how do they how do they get that message out and not get it drowned out by <laughs> all the other noise? If that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. How you get the message out that you're the party of pro-business, uh, pro-life and pro-education? You do it. You just do it. You lead by example. And that's one thing that the Republican Party has to do. We have to lead by example. We can't just do it with TV ads and radio ads that are talking negative about the other candidate. That, that's where you fail. That, that's where we failed in Georgia. All our, 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 all our message was about how bad the other guy was. It wasn't about how good we were. We talked more uh, about the other candidates on a lot of ads and how bad they were that we never got the, the message out that, hey, we're the party of education. Uh, we're the party. I mean, Trump did a lot of good things for education. Trump made all the HBCU funding permanent. It actually been done year to year where the HBCUs had to go up to Capitol Hill and beg for money that should have been permanent years ago. He made HBCU funding permanent. That's amazing. So now these schools don't have to beg. He actually increased funding by 20, 30 percent. That message never got out there, especially in Georgia, where you have a number of HBCUs. Message never got delivered. Uh, there's a lot of message of a lot of things that he did that did not get delivered. He got a vaccine done in less than a year. <laughs> that's a that's a great thing. Under Democrat, you still be waiting. They'd be 20 percent making excuses as to why there's not a, a vaccine. Uh, the Biden administration is going to benefit from a process that was sped up. Regulations were waived. Uh, and it was done in less than a year. So there's a lot of there's a lot of positive things that the Republican Party did right. What did they do wrong? They didn't give they didn't deliver this message. They failed to deliver this message. People who are knowledgeable like me understand what the difference was, but they didn't get the message to the right people to say that they had done a great job. Uh, and agreed on that one because yeah. I mean you look at it and you look at the organization that Stacey Abrams has set up and the get out the vote and the, the bus tour, <laughs> um, they were really in the communities speaking to the people and instructing them directly on, okay, this is what we, this is what we're about. This is what we're doing. This is where you need to go. This is how you sign up. Um, mm -hmm. I think I was looking at some of the statistics and they were even saying they had a certain number of voters somewhere above 90,000 that hadn't even yes. voted in the presidential election <laughs> that voted in the, this, just this runoff. So yes. they, yes. I mean, so that's the type of ground game that you have to have going forward because the future is just going to get 
more and more competitive, right? Yeah, you, we got a great we've we've got a great ground game uh, that with Black Pack. There's a lady named uh, Teresa Jones. She does a great job. Uh, we take young people out. We train them in how to get how to be canvassers, and we have a great uh, a good ground game. Can you talk uh, about can you are. talk about that a little bit? Explain the yeah. ground game as far as because your database thing, the ground yeah. game, the training. I think that's important for okay. people to know that those things exist. Because you really don't well, you don't see that. You don't see that. Well, Black Pack has a ground game. We have a ground game team led by La Teresa Jones, uh, where she takes we take young people, usually 25 to 20, and we train them uh, how to properly knock on the door, how to present yourself, how to say, ma'am, I'm with this campaign and I'm here to uh, ask if you're going to vote. Uh, are you going to do mail in voting? If you're going to do mail in voting. We will give you a stamp and we hand the person a stamp. Everybody that we go knock on the door, if they're going to do a mail in ballot, we actually hand them a stamp so that they can. They may not use the stamp, but they'll remember, hey, I got this stamp from this black pack group. I like them. I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to vote for their person just because he gave us a stamp. So sometimes a stamp can do a lot more than you think. Uh, so we do a lot of uh, canvassing and training and, and going on presentations and uh it really opens up the, the uh, eyes of these young people because they some of them have never worked before. So we're taking them from non-work to working in a situation. And it's, it's tiring work. You're knocking on doors. Uh, usually we knock on almost 40 to 50 doors a day, sometimes up to 100. One person knocking on 100 doors, presenting themselves over and over again. And after about the 40th door, they develop their own uh personality, their own, their own way of presentation. It's a very nice presentation. Uh, so not everyone does the same presentation. We, we don't turn them into robots. We also have a, a, a team that does phone banking where they're calling people all day long and having conversations and they're having the same conversation uh, where it says, hey, my name is this. I'm with Black Pack and I'm calling to ask for your vote. Are you going to vote earlier or are you going to vote in person? Once we do that, we have people that make up to 200 to 300 calls a day. It can be a little bit tiring. You have to take a few breaks every now and then. But after we log in every single call, what the response is, where are they going to vote for your candidate or not? That gives us an idea of how we're running. And it's our own polling. So we have our own internal polling. We have our own training for candidates where we train candidates. How, first, how to pick an office to run for, how to count votes. Because if you're going to run for an office, the first thing you have to do is know how many people voted in the last election. So you can estimate how many people are going to vote in the next election. Then you have to see if they voted Republican, they voted Democrat, they voted Independent. The first thing to do, a lot of candidates try to skip this part, is know who won the last race, how many votes they won by, and were they Republican, Democrat, before you even choose to run for an office. We love people to run for school board because we need more people on the school board who really, really care. And school board training is great because now you're involved in a young person, what their meals are every day, what they're reading. You know, are they reading proper books? Or are they reading <laughs> things that are off the wall? So uh, I love school board. School board races are nonpartisan. Most school boards, they don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or independent, but it's great training to learn how you're going to perform in a meeting and, and, and operate as a part of a team before you go on to 
city commission or county commission or even running for Congress. So we have a, a grassroots training session that trains people on how to run for office. Uh, we train kids on how to knock on doors, proper phone etiquette. Uh, we take them to different events. And because and once you're involved in a, a political campaign, there's events all over the place that we take them to. It's, it's great training. And our candidates win. We just put two blacks in Congress, Burgess Owens and Byron Donalds from Florida, four Asians, two Koreans from California in Orange County. So we had a, a large impact this year. It's on our website, which is www.blakpac.gop. You'll see the list of all the folks that we helped get elected in 2020. In 2022, we're going to have a major, major impact. Because like I said, we may not run a lot of people as Republicans. We may run people as independents um, because we don't know if the Republican Party we don't know if the Republican Party is going to uh, survive the next two years. Right. Well, one of the things, uh, and, and that's a great overall view of all of the things that Black Pack offers that is unique. And and I'd like that you gave the website because I want people to know that in order to do that, it takes resources. It takes funding. Yes. And so people donating to Black Pack, this is what it's for. And does Black Pack, because uh, Black Pack is independent of candidates, correct? Or how does that work? Well, we're, we, we are an outside organization. We are conservative. I like to say we're more conservative than Republican. <laughs> so uh, we, we are, you know, we are a, a values organization. The values that we support, again, are pro-life, uh, pro-school choice, and, and pro-business. Uh, if we're if we're if we're on those issues and there's a lot of Democrats that are also agree with those issues. So if you agree with those issues, we're the organization for you. Again, our website's www.blakpac.gop. And, and you can see uh, the work that we do in, in our postings. We also have a Twitter at at Real Black Pack is our Twitter. Uh, I do a lot on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's a business it's a business site, but I use it a lot for politics. We have Instagram, we have Parler, so our social media is growing and growing, and we can tell that we're going to have a, a great a, a great year for 2021. So, uh, raising money if you wanted to, if you want to go to our website and donate, donate whatever you can. We don't beat you over the head. Uh, we're just happy that we can get done what we need to be done, what we need to get done, and we and we do want people to look us up, and we want people to to see what I'm doing, to see what all our members are doing, and to see what our candidates are doing. We have an event on February 20th. It's going to be in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's our Frederick Douglass uh, Day event. It's actually probably going to expand. Right now, we have a luncheon one day. So far, we have uh, the most prominent Black leaders coming so far. We have Albert Guillory is attending from Louisiana. He's, he's going to be our main speaker. Uh, we also have Former Lieutenant Governor Jennifer Carroll from Florida. She's going to be there. A powerful, dynamic lady was a Lieutenant Governor. We have a city council member from Day Daytona Beach, Juanita May. Uh, she's going to be a, a powerful force. She's on the city council of Daytona Beach where they launch rockets into space. Uh, we have a former uh, mayor pro tem from Stonecrest, Georgia. Um, I'm forgetting her name, but we have... We have her, we have Webster Barnaby, who's on the, 
who's uh, in the state legislature in Florida, Webster Barnaby. Diane Adoma is the lady who's a Stonecrest mayor. Uh, she's former Stonecrest mayor. She's going to be there. Um, so we have a lot of people who are coming, who have served in government, who can lend you their knowledge. We have a lot of people who are currently in government. And we have a lot of um, people who are knowledgeable about, about government and how it works and how to get elected. So we're, we're focusing on, in 2022, getting people elected, getting them elected so that they can move up and one day move to Congress. Uh, the speaker for, for this event is a, is a good friend of mine. We have him elected in Sarasota, Naples, Florida area. And um, I'm, I'm horrible with names. I should write them down. <laughs> Uh, but I can post the I can post the event. It's the Frederick Douglass event. It's a gentleman we just got elected to Congress, and uh, we we would like to have you there. And we expect a lot more people to come. So far, we've got a hundred people coming. We're going to have two hundred people coming. Um, it's going to be all COVID guidelines. We're going to be social distancing. We may all be in like the plastic suits while we talk to each other. <laughs> but it's in St. Petersburg, Florida. We're also going to do a webcast the next day where, where we're going to do training for canvassing. We're going to do training for how to run for office. We're going to have Vernon Robinson, who's a male, how, who, who really knows how to do direct mail. Vernon Robinson is going to talk about the effectiveness of direct mail. He, he worked on several campaigns. He's been very effective. So we're going to have people who know how to win. So if you're interested in running for any office, any office, no matter what, from from dog catcher to Congress, maybe even president, we'll be there to help you. We'll be there to help you set up your your base of operations, tell you what works, what doesn't work. What doesn't work is when, you know, we get people who have never served in office and want to run for Congress and say God told them to run. That doesn't work that well. You got to have some experience before you get to Congress. And we like to have experienced people. Uh, that have served in other offices, other positions, from whether school board, whether city council, whether it's county commission. Uh, and, and that way you build yourself a base to run for higher office later. If you like government, you like serving in government, that's great. A lot of people run, they find out it's not the thing for them and they go do something else. But we like people who, who have served in low office, been successful and want to move up to other offices or maybe stay where you are. Being on a county commission for uh, two or three terms is 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 great because you can help your community. I mean, if you're on a county commission, you can determine what roads go where. You can determine uh, the the zoning for your city. Uh, you can determine a lot of a, a lot of things. You can determine where apartment buildings go, where a mall goes. So serving on city council is is I think uh, the lower offices are more important than Congress. They get so caught up, like I said, in the noise of yeah. politicians and personalities and, you mm -hmm. know, and hit pieces that they forget yeah. that there are grassroots. There are not even gra there are grassroots. There are organizations out there like Black, Black Pack that are fundamentally mm -hmm. there to uphold what the yes. politicians are there for and to teach yeah. people the right way and how it is ideally to be done. So I think. People get turned off by politics because they don't hear this enough. Yeah. What they need to understand, let's say you're on a school board and and, uh, you know, schools, school board issues, construction contracts for buildings, for gyms, uh, for playgrounds. That's, it's a lot of money in school boards. 
Also, what's important is you choose the dental care and the doctor care and the medical care for the students in your in your care. Uh, you know, sometimes a child only gets dental care through a school board. So these are important decisions, which means you're going to issue a contract for the local dentist, which means you can make sure that dentist looks like you're you can make sure you hiring black dentists or black doctors or a black construction firm or site development firms or architects. That's why I think school board is so important. A school board to me is sometimes a mini city. Sometimes it provides more, city, more, more, more services than a city. And when you're on a city council, you determine zoning. You determine what type of building goes where. You determine uh, who is the chief of police, <laughs> who's the chief of the fire department, whether you're going to have a black police chief or a uh, Spanish police chief. All this is important on the city level. All this is important on these local levels. You're on the county. You determine where the county roads go. Uh, you determine who is the electrical person that fixes your, your lines and your sewers and your water treatment. You're talking millions of dollars that you get to control as a city council member, a county council member, or a school board member. And whether the person who get, gets those contracts for security and other things looks like you is part of your community. Uh, and, and, and believe me, uh, when, when you're helping a, a business grow, when you're helping that doctor or lawyer and you're making those friendships and, and making sure that the people in your community look like you that are doing business with you, it's a, it's a great way to stay in office. That's part of the process. But we've got to learn that government can work with us, for us or against us. But we, we have to learn it at the local level. So I, I really push for candidates to get elected to local level that care I, I look for candidates to have some business experience and some what, and we look for uh, we look for candidates uh, that have those values that are conservative. You know, we can't. Yeah, I, I hate to go there, but yeah, if if you're looking at candidates that are all they care about is abortion, 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 and, and pushing abortion on your community, that's not the candidate for you. You're eliminating your own people. That's not right. So you, we we're looking for candidates that care about people. Anybody Can Youth Foundation teaches our youth to step off into life with their best foot forward, without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. ABC was founded by legendary light heavyweight champion Archie Moore in 1957. He had a heart and passion for helping the youth. He believed if we went into the business of prevention, we could save billions of dollars and millions of lives. He started ABC to teach youth the basic ABCs of life. Are you concerned about the world today? Do you want to help train our youth to be the change needed in the world? Join us in the fight for equality, in the fight for justice, in the fight for our youth. If you would like to help, go to www.abcyouthfoundation.org. That's www.abcyouthfoundation.org. Be well and be blessed.